My name's Stuart Wright, and today I've got with me Mercedes Grower. Hello, Mercedes. Hello, Stuart. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm going to lie now after saying <laughs> in the preamble I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> now, we've come together on this podcast. It's very English. We have to say how well we're doing. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's how you do a conversation, isn't it? And I, I, I try my damnedest to make a podcast like a conversation. Uh, even though we've come together to have this conversation because... It's so depressed. It's just a nightmare. Because you've made a movie, haven't you, called Breaks? I have, yeah. So do you want to give us a brief synopsis as to what Breaks is about first before we get into the details of how it was made? Uh, yeah. So um, Breaks is um, it, it's a film about, well, I suppose it's about love and relationships. It's, it's made backwards, so it's about nine couples and... Um, and their breakups, and you go backwards in time to how they first met. But that could almost be like a figure of eight or a metaphor for just how life goes on. And yeah, no, that seems as, <laughs> as, as ambiguous and specific enough as it needs to be. Uh, and it, I mean, and, and, and from I saw I saw it back in May. We're recording this in November, and yeah, it's it's a really interesting experience to watch a film that when you're you're an audience that's used to certain things being served up in certain ways, your decision to go, here's a relationship imploding, mm. show us that or show us to the brink of it, and then go, and here's how they started. As a mm. as a way was a real, I mean, A, a neat trick <laughs> um, in terms of how to present relationships. So first off, why why that way around? Why not the natural linear way? Why the, uh, why the well, non-linear I was quite well. I was thinking it, it all started because I was quite fascinated with breakups in general. So I was just thinking how bonkers they were, and yeah. um, you know, and that it's very universal. That we all go through it, but yet it's really individual. It's just one of those weird things that you know most of us have or or have had some sort of weird experience with it, and they're very distressing. And then when you look back, they can almost be weird. they are really comical. You know, they're both, aren't they? And they're mm. intriguing. And then I was thinking you're sort of out of time with the world at that time. And then I started to think, well, you're sort of like that at the beginning as well. It's this weird heightened thing. And then the seesaw of it and how you trace things back in your own head. And, and then I thought, God, in real life, you, what have you known? And what have, you know, would it make any difference? And I just thought it'd be really interesting to look at it backwards. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, guess, I guess when you start a relationship, both of you don't know each other. And then when somebody, if, if one person more than the other one is breaking up a relationship, then somebody's left with the, the reasoning that I didn't know you in, I didn't know you as well as I thought, mm. which is kind of, a, it kind of creates an imbalance, doesn't it, at the breakup stage? Very strange, yeah, because you've sort of, um, you've been in this thing together, I suppose. Because um, rarely is a relationship broken up on, by mutual consent, is it? Well, I think, yeah, it is rare. I, it does happen sometimes, though. Maybe in those sort of long, drawn-out ones where people just become friends. I don't know. I was thinking that, how many different ways can you break up? Yeah, it probably is one person doesn't want to go. You know, because sometimes I think one person can want to break up and the other person doesn't, and that's how things survive. It just changes, you know? Mm. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's when, yeah, who knows why things then. But also, I suppose I was thinking... Um, you know, I mean, I don't know about our generation, it's a, I don't know how old anybody is, but, uh, you know, certainly people have a lot more 
relationships these days than they than they sort of one would have years ago. You know. Yeah, you don't um, you don't go courting and then marry the person you court like people might have done in the past. Yeah, and I don't know if that's any better or worse. I think you just go through as much pain just more times. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think I think it says it says more about the fact that we we understand actually in reality people weren't that precious about it. So once you start to accept that as a society, it then gets more fluid because then am I meant to find a life partner the minute I walk out the door? Am I meant to go and sort of sample what's on offer? For one yeah. Of, for one of and, expression. Yeah, and I don't think there's a right or a wrong to it, really, or a sort of... Uh, I don't think it's any better than it... I think, funnily enough, whether you go to a lot of them or whether you're just having one or two, it's probably the same in the end. I mean, I don't think you were sort of escape the highs or the lows, if you know what I mean. No, well, I, th- I, th- I think maybe it speaks to that thing about one of the, one of the big flaws of human beings is that we tend to think... The grass is greener, so so the people who are who are out living life like it's club eighteen to thirty twenty four seven, we think, oh, aren't they lucky? Look at them, all the partners they're getting, and then yeah. there's the people on the other side going, look at them, nice and settled. They feel they look confident. They feel they feel like rounded people. I wish I could get there. And we're forever. None of us none of us are allowed anymore to just be or, or, or tend not to be just happy. We uh, we tend to. Uh, compete with what the idea of happiness is by what other people right. are doing yeah and expectations and you're right grass is greener and what else can i get whereas it's probably actually was one of the ideas when i started i was almost thinking you could swap any couple around like in a way you know me and you could break up right now how different would it be to you and your partner or me you know i just don't know like it's um yeah so so what did you, i mean in that in that sense then having done having covered sort of nine relationships in a movie yeah. Um, what do you think you learn about what it means to be in a relationship and what it means for one to break up? Oh, yeah, I got all the answers now. No, I don't Come know. Come on, Mercedes, uh, we're, we're looking to you now. You've done the film. <laughs> no, what's, I'm the what's the answer? <laughs> what's the answer? I don't know. I, well, I think there isn't an answer. I think that's the answer, really. I mean, that really sounds like a real cop-out, but um, I don't mean it like that. I just think, um, well... Uh, well, I think the thing is, what I was thinking about breaks, you know, the thing is, that you go to all these breakups at the beginning, and then the second half, there's all the joy of getting together with someone. I suppose the thing is, you've got to take the risk again. I suppose mm. there's that. Like, uh, and, and what, and people do take the risk again. It's human nature to try again. So that's kind of a positive thing about it. Yeah, um, it's kind of like you've climbed a mountain, you've fallen down it, and to start another relationship is to accept climb yeah. the mountain again yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> who'd bother who'd bother um we, bother. we do bother that's the thing though don't we and if you yeah, don't yeah, bother yeah. you're not living i mean you are i'm not saying you're not living you're not in a relationship because there's tons of time when you're not but i just mean um yeah you just uh well it's all about the risk in life really i suppose maybe that's what it is and trust isn't it and mm. um and then i suppose you just got to think well what you go through with that person you just go through with that person and there's something which of which of your nine, which of the nine stories do you do you see as like the most different from how you see it? Which of the which of the nine relationship breakups and startups? Well, I suppose I haven't experienced the um, Kerry Fox and Roland Gift one because that's a sort of they they had been together a very long time and I don't know if it comes. You see, there's a lot of backstories that people that aren't necessarily in the film but that the couples knew about. So they'd 
They've been together when they were young, split up, and got back together as older people for a long amount of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were the kind of like, almost like the equivalent of the Facebook couple, you know, the yeah. people that sort of forgot about each other, then remembered they felt fondly, and then you but Yeah, well, up... together a long time, though, I think, and I think her kids have grown up, so I don't know what that's like to have that whole empty nest thing. Hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know it so well, but I was very interested in that. And I liked them. I really liked them as a couple. I liked all of them. I don't know. I mean, well, no, look, well, let's let's talk about how, at the production of it then. So, from 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 the look and feel of it, there's there's the a, there's an production. The high production value is that. Well, what well no, I'm going to say the varied, <laughs> um, which would suggest that there was different cameras, different technology, and and does that does that suggest a time that the film took to pull together? The differences in in what we're looking at, or was that was that you was that you purposely choosing different things for different jobs? Actually, I well, it was a bit on purpose. First of all, I thought I wanted to do it on um, mini DV because I wanted to have that sort of old rough kind of feeling to it. Yeah. And then I was playing around with all of it, and I suppose the way everyone's a bit sort of what's the word? not deranged, but the, the mishmash of it. I was mm. thinking it's like how it is anyway when you're breaking up with each other, and also when you're together with someone because you spend so much time with your face, you know, right next to somebody's face. It's also sort of um, strange and uh, sometimes you are out of focus with people and, you know, I suppose I was kind of interested in that whole idea of being part of it as well. So, And I had three cameras going most of the time mm. because there was, there was a lot of improvisation going on and, um, yeah, I, just, I, just, I was just trying it out really. I, I mean, in retrospect. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was trying. It was kind of deliberate, actually. It wasn't because when I started, yeah. Okay. So, but but, but was that was there? What was there? Because it was so di each each thing was so different. Was it a kind of start at point A and finish at point B, or was there? Let's get this one done and then another one, and then eventually you had your nine. Was it the was first? That... Yeah, the first the first breakups because we shot it all the way around as well, so all the breakups happened um, first. And um, yeah, that was more like doing just concentrate on each one at a time so I could get them done, but then mm. trying to play them out, building in my head, knowing where it was going to go in the second half. And then and then there was quite a long time on that. And then the second half was done much quicker. Okay. Sounds like such bad English, much quicker. But, um, uh, and that was mainly filmed on HD. So they were filmed a bit more sort of modern, if you like. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the brightness of, of when it works in the beginning, things are clear, you know, mm. they're left, so when you're breaking up, I mean, I don't know. These are just ideas that it was unclear, but when you're actually getting together, it seems at the time like it. But then again, maybe it's clear your way around when you're walking out. I don't know. That's how I did it in the end. That's that's all we need to know. <laughs> um, and there's a, there's a whole host of recognisable faces in this movie. Um, obviously, the uh, Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett, uh, Julie Davis, and my favourite was Peter White, and certainly his oh, relationship. Just amazing. He's, he's 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 got like um he has got a natural funniness to him if that if, if I'll use a bad word now uh, he's he's like a he's like a sort of acting god yeah and it's funny because when he came in he was much more I thought he was going to be much more serious with uh, Julia that's why I wanted them together yeah um, it just yeah I was really lucky that worked so brilliantly I thought yeah I mean, and they're both so brilliant in their anyway as actors and comedians and you know everything they're both so talented so them and then Seb seeping in there was really fun and he's so great and funny it was yeah that was a real joy all of that 
But they, they were too kind of, they were weirdly too, almost like, um, two narcissists and two vulnerable people at the same time coming, you know, like both, both being vulnerable and self-indulgent of each other. Well, don't you think that's probably the way narcissistic behaviour is? I'm guessing. Quite possibly, yeah. But it was it was an interesting. It was like a it was like a backwards and forwards, wasn't it? It's like I'll be the narcissist now, and I'll be the vulnerable one in terms yeah. of how the drama panned out for them too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also also the nature of um, the nature of the business they're in or we're in. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Back to it, you know. Yeah, Julia was lovely and vulnerable in it, as well as being so funny and brilliant. Yeah. And, and in terms of. Um, there's an element of, uh, of improvisation to, to many of the, the sequences. Now, you're obviously yeah. writing and directing this movie, so in what sense is, is everything we're seeing written and, in what's, in, and how did the improvisation begin to inform what was written? Well, what would happen was I, so it wasn't like I wrote a script and sent it out to people. I sort of had an idea of how I wanted each couple to be. I might have written an email with it, like, how about this? And then got both actors together for each couple and said, you know, how does this sound? And then they join in with what they thought. And then we, some people I had more time with, like one of the couples more than the other. So for instance, me and Julia had a lot of time together on our own before Peter and um, Seb came in. Me and her had kind of sort of worked it out a lot already. And actually, it's quite similar with Julia. Me and Julian had, had talked more before Ollie got involved. But it seemed to be a, whereas um, Roland and Carrie, it was more the three of us together talking, and then we met up another day. You know, so, and people had, so I'd sort of say something like, um, how do you feel about this as your background to your relationship? Discuss it. It was a very discussed kind of, I mean, I'm, it's fine. It was a bit like a sort of um, jigsaw puzzle, but at the same time, I'm quite dyslexic and I, I quite enjoyed talking about it with everybody. And then there, because we had, there were certain jokes that say I really wanted in there, certain lines. And then of course they're all such brilliant improvisers and it's so funny anyway. Naturally things came out mm. and asking, or like, you know, because also we had the three cameras going, you could stop and say, Oh, say that again. Or could you go back and you could whisper things to people? And you know, there was a lot of that going on as well. It was very communal with the actors and, um, yeah, it was really enjoyable. Hopefully they liked it too. It was sort of, yeah. So they were very involved. Um, and how, how does how does directing yourself work? They they didn't know about the rest of the structure. Do you see what I mean? Because I had to think about what fitted with other stories. Okay, okay. So they, they didn't know the other stories, each other breakup or anything. Anyway, uh, directing myself was, um, well, I was really lucky because uh, I had Noel with me, which was brilliant. Yeah. Because he jumped in as my boyfriend in it, which was fantastic because he suggested it actually because I hadn't got myself in yet. Yeah. And I didn't realise how, I mean, apart from the fact he's just brilliant anyway, um, I was very lucky because we know each other really well, so we've got a really good shorthand. So that was less, um, I didn't have to, I could relax with me and him because we've got a natural banter. What does, what does, a, what does short, how does shorthand manifest itself in terms of the fluidity, <laughs> the fluidity of what's going on? Well... We discussed quite a lot of it before, and we're just we're really good mates. So we just we just know it's rhythm, if that makes sense. We have a we have a rapport. Mm -hmm. So it it just meant um, it might have been I don't know, but it might have been more difficult with someone I didn't know so well, for instance, to be directing at the same time. Whereas we kind of know when something's working or not when we're improvising together. You know, we so can it's feel like, it so, out. so it's like you didn't have to go through a trust exercise. You're already you're, you were already yeah. in that place. We're, we're really old close mates. So that oh, was yeah, that. Yeah good and fun and 
um, yeah, and I mean, bless him, because the first day, that was one of the biggest, you know, we were in a snowstorm, and he was the most tiny little hot pants shorts, because I wanted him in football shorts, and then the car broke down, the wheel came off the car, literally, and then he had to carry all the um, equipment with the rest of the crew through the snow, <laughs> get it to the other part of London, I mean, yeah, it was really full-on um, guerrilla-style filming. No, but that but that 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 kind of choice of outfit and stuff speaks to what 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 you think and what what you know is funny, as it were. I remember I interviewed yeah. Peter Kay a long time ago, and he he used. I remember him saying that he he said when I'm talking to to, to wardrobe or something, he say, "No, it's a blue coat because a blue coat's funnier than a red one." You know, it isn't just a coat. And in, and in a sense, if he'd have had jeans on, it wouldn't. That for some reason, him kicking a football <laughs> in the back streets of Soho wouldn't yeah. have been as funny. Well, he's a really good football player. Mm, no, I believe so. And uh, and I was thinking about it, and I felt really. I rang him up, and I was like, "Any chance you'd do that in those football shorts?" And he cracked up laughing, and he was like, "Got to do it now." You do it. So. Um, was that when the snow was coming, or or after the snow? <laughs> well, I was waiting. I knew I wanted to do it in the snow. So <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the snow because <laughs> I wanted to get Servo in the snow, and also I was trying to go with the seasons a bit. Um, uh. You know, it's because there's autumn, summer. There's a, anyway, I don't know. But the seasons and the de- night and day was a big part of it all. Mm. And, um, yeah, and I just, every time I thought about him in his football shots, I started pissing myself laughing. And then when I rang him and said it, he laughed so much. He's like, oh, go on, we've got to do it, haven't we? And so I was like, yeah. And I knew I wanted him with the football anyway. Because I wanted him to be a bit on edge, um, not as cutesy as he normal. You know, not cutesy, what's the word? But not as light and funny as normal, like a little bit sinister. No, no, uh, and he definitely is. I mean, people that are used to seeing oh. him. Will not, will maybe not recognise this, this. Intense. Yeah, he's kind of intense, almost like Archnall feeling, isn't he? <laughs> In a way. Uh, yeah. Like, like, like his, his evil twin got out. Yeah, it was a bit Vincent Gallo kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it was by comparison, yeah. And, uh, and, and then also that made sense for the end scene because uh, he's much, you know, you can see how that couple started off. Yeah. That was interesting and magnetic and exciting for a, a girl to meet a guy like that. And then, but look how it, you know, it could go totally deranged. You just don't know. And how did you get something like the ice rink then? <laughs> I was so lucky. I mean, I just turned up there really late at night and, and begged somebody and they said, yeah. And then we went there a week later at midnight to film. We was, it was really magical. We were there at midnight filming and we were, and I was driving that big snow machine. It was just such a good No fun. way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also it was, I liked the, I wanted the idea of, um, you know, the heavy weight on thin ice, which is what, love is as well I suppose mm. you know I didn't get that but yeah now you say it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fully on board um, <laughs> what the what what's what's interesting as well watching the movie and and, and I'm sure it was it, it, it's, it's unavoidable given you know where you shot the film but for an audience looking at it cold is that one of the stars of the movie isn't even acting it's just London isn't it yeah my little love letter to London mm. So what do you what do you think you're saying about what do you think you're saying about London through through the relationships you've you've illustrated throughout the film? Well, I mean, I you know I'm from London, so mm-hmm. and uh, and because I was born in I was a kid, I suppose I was really into the rooftops when I was a kid. So that, you know, you'd go there, there weren't so many gardens, maybe you'd jump. You know, There's always places to escape from the city, and I loved yeah. it. And also, um, I love the way London's really mixed. You know, the poor and the rich live together, and everyone. It's very mixed city mm. um, and I suppose the relationships were all really sort of mixed and muddled up and moving I don't know I just uh, it was like it was like um, 
it was like the matchmaker or the divider, both. You know, it was just mm. uh, I just really wanted to film London, how I saw London. I don't I don't see it a lot in films, and I just think it's a really good city. You know. Yeah, because I felt like I mean, I felt like you, especially with the the the, the scenes with um, with Noel down in Soho, for example. Yeah. They 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 felt like very. Um, very non very non judgmental. It just was his his part of London's rich tapestry. Yeah, definitely. And you know, they're knocking down that I knew they were gonna knock down that bit of Soho by then as well, which I was a bit upset about. Um well it is, isn't it? Like, it, it, it is lovely. I love all the old pawn shops and the whole sort of cobbled streets and things being a bit dirty and a bit fucked up. I like that. And I like the way you get that and then you suddenly you know, you have some sort of crazy posh Victorian house right next door to it. It's a really interesting city like that, the way it's been built and the way it moves and the way the people move within it as well. You know, it's um, it's a good, it's a good part of here, I think. No, most most of my first five years has been knocked down now, with the uh, yeah. the corner of where the Astoria, where the Astoria used to be, and uh, the main fiddler and 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 whatnot. All that all that got flattened, which I kind of spent. I, I only came to, I only came down to London in '99. Right. And my first four or five years was probably spent around that corner, and it's all gone. It feels really weird. It does feel weird, yeah. Sort of ever changing city, but um, yeah, I was a bit, I'm a bit sad about Soho, really. Because I, I ran around there quite a lot as a kid as well, you know. Yeah. Drunken off school and going down there, walking around for hours, and it, it looks so different. Yeah, I read um, Diary of a Teddy Boy, Mimi Scala's book, uh, The Italian Immigrant. Who, who, who became a band manager and record label and all kinds of other bonkers things, but he talks about playing cards in Mayfair and Salvador Dali turning up, and wow. he's, he's like this kid who's, you know, a teenage kid of an ice cream parlour in Fulham who's wandered into Soho and then ended up at parties and things. Oh, isn't that brilliant? Which is kind of, I mean, I think that part, that, and, and even that kind of mix, you, you talk about London being cheek by jowl, but I feel like the cheek by jowl over the last 25 years, it's become less. I mean, I feel like, for, for people listening who don't live in London, Zone 1 to 6 is how it's marked out as travelling. So Zones 1 to 2, which is the central bits, where Soho is in 1, have become more and more kind of blanded out, more vanilla, none of that character. They want to get rid of as much character as they can, it seems. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's a real shame. I don't understand why, actually, at all. I, I really don't, because I'm sure tourists love it as well. Well, you think you know. You think about the way that Savile Row's protected. You'd, you'd have thought that had been a, a similar thing for Soho. You know that here's a real sort of jewel in the crown, isn't there? Yeah, and I don't know why they've not. You know, they're changing that whole little bit. Yeah, I just, I just. Um... But you, but but in saying that, you, what you've done then with your film, you've captured that moment. So, like, like we can yeah. currently look back on '60s movies where we see Oliver Reed knocking about Berwick Street or whatever. You go, yeah. wow, look at it. Then you've now done that. For us now, in the in the in the in the twenty first century, capturing it before you know quickly before it goes, kind of thing, and 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 I, and I must admit that's it is a really it's a really interesting thing for for a, for a city to be a character in in a in in a, in, in nine interdependent stories. Um, it is a really interesting choice. Um, let's let's tell people when when can people see the film and how can people see the film? Right, so it is coming out this. Uh, coming Friday the 24th at... Uh, 24th of which month? Of November, Friday. Yeah, and how people can see it? A week from today at um, Picture House Central. Cool. 
then it's so that's going to be a really fun night and also a lot of the cast are coming down to that so um noel fielding and julia davis and steve Orham and i think julian Barrett. and there's so lots of people are coming down for the q a so that oh. should be a fun night and then oh yeah Carrie fox and roland gibbs have got yeah a whole bunch and then um then on Sunday, the 26th, is in Dalston, which is a really, you know, the Rio cinema is such a lovely yeah. independent cinema. And it's a really nice time because it's at like 6.30, quarter to 7. And um, some of the cast are coming down for that as well. So there'll be a and a there, and that'll be a nice mellow one. Um, well, I don't know if it'll be mellow. Maybe it might be really raucous, actually. Who knows? Um, Feels like the right venue for it. Yeah, Rio would be really nice. And then we've got Genesis, I think, is on. Shit, I shove this next to me. I think it's 7th. Okay, well, we'll put we'll put links in the show notes for people. So, from the twenty fourth of November onwards, there'll be some screenings. And yeah, and and then we're going around the country. Sorry, I'm completely like rubbish at this. Hold on a second. Then, um, yeah. So, um, read off your script, Mercedes. Come on, let's not improvise. No, no, so the seventh, the seventh, <laughs> the and um, and the fourth is um, Cambridge. This is December now. Yeah, and then Cardiff is on the eighth, and Bath is on the ninth, and. And there's going to be more. Cool. Well, look, we'll, like I say, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, because I'm on a little tour. Cool. Basically. I'm doing so, Liverpool as well. Gee, I'm, so, I'm so crazy. Sorry. Brighton is on the 29th and Liverpool is on the 30th. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now, so that's fun as well. And yeah, Steve Orham is doing Brighton with me and Julia Davis is doing Liverpool with me. Yeah. So I'm just different acts. I was going to say, I hope I never have to share a shower at a swimming pool with Steve Orham. Oh, I think he's fun to share a shower with, no? <laughs> I think Kelly did a really good job. <laughs> the poor guys, you know, that was weird. That was like five in the morning and it was freezing and it was in February. I felt so bad for them. Really? Yeah, it was really, really cold. I mean, that shower was like ice water. <laughs> and and, and the, the early one with Julian Barrett on the, the banks of the River Thames. Yeah. How much permission or not did you have to do that? Uh, well, I've just to check that with my lawyer. Um, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much permission on anything, I've got to tell you, Stuart. But, um, the, what do you mean by permission? To go on the beach? Is it, is it yeah, illegal? Yeah, no, 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 filming in London, you know, filming in London, I was just thinking, you know. Is, is it something, was it a, was it a kind of guerrilla filming where you got it, you got it and you were out? Yeah, but it was quite funny because I, I was filming in the, um, we did a bit of the National below as well and I saw... Rufus Norris and Nicholas Heitner were on the top of the of the roof, and they looked down at me. And I'd done a play there a couple of years before that, and they both just looked at me and didn't say anything. They smiled, so I thought, well, okay, that's fine then. Um, so we we only coming out of the doors though. But yeah, yeah we just went down there. Yeah, with lots of dripping ice creams, lots of running back. I was going to say, in terms of like the ice cream, was that a prop added to the scene, or was that a, was that a prop written just into the scene? I'm just mad, and I just got obsessed with ice cream, and then everyone really liked the idea of it until we realised we had to get like a million of them. But no, it was fun, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, it's a really well, it's like a childish, intimidating weapon, isn't it? Yeah, and also just the idea of these two guys with an ice cream on a freezing cold day, I thought was really funny. Um, and uh, you know, Julian was acting so um, psychotic. Uh, just yeah, it just was really funny. Yeah, um, it, his stalking. One, one last thing I want to talk about is. Uh, Obviously, a, a film is scripted. You, you you shoot it, and then and then you go into the edit. So, what what developments happened from what you perceived of it, and then how it ended up being what, from to what we see on the screen through the edit? What what were some of the challenges for you there? 
Well, the edit was incredible. The edit, well, the edit was so interesting because everything was structured in the edit. It was really, really complicated because I had lots of different takes and lots of different ideas because I had three cameras going the whole time. And as you know, it wasn't scripted in that formal way. So there was lots of improv. I mean, there's, there's so many deleted things I could put in as well. It's a real shame. But, um, but normally, well, the actual, what actually happened in most of the scenes, I pretty much knew as we were filming what they mm. were, they were going to be actually. But then in the edit, I can't explain it. Just so much change in the edit on structuring it really. What couples suited going where, night to day. Well, um, give, give us one example where it is, where through the edit, something you presumed changed. Just, just one of the, just one oh example. My God. I don't know how to give that example. Um, well, structurally, it all went complete. I had it tons of different ways. The Skype at the beginning was that I wasn't sure it was going to open with Julian at first. I always yeah. thought it was going to open with Julian, and then I ended up putting Skype at the beginning. Okay. The credits come up. Um, and is that just simply because as you saw it, it felt better that way, and you, you tried it, or you went, oh, that's not I right, what I thought was going to start? Yeah, I tried a few things, and, and, I, and it's a shame. There's, been, there's things that are cut that I'm really sad on in there, especially since hmm. Brexit funny with the Skype stuff for the Ireland English thing but um yeah <laughs> I, I also did a few screenings just in the edit room with like six or seven friends or people I didn't know from the edit office I just asked to come in and we all had notepads mm. and, um and actually weird enough everyone would always write the same thing so oh. it was a really it was a really good little test you know like people I knew and people I didn't know and myself we wouldn't speak we'd watch yeah. it and everyone would sort of come to the same so it was like a little tester. So that was really handy. What, that was, was, really what was that uniform view that, that helped inform the finished thing? Oh, it was just different things. Like I'd say, you know, does this does this um, couple work there or is it better here? Or certain paces of things and lines of things or certain jokes I changed. You know, because also you can mute things. So say I'd mute some, some of the sentence to get a joke with more space in it. You know, weird little things like that. I mean, it's just really strange. Editing's really strange. And music was another strange one. Yeah. I had lots of friends do the music um, and finding where that went. I, I loved the editing, actually. I mean, I was dreaming of it. I got really obsessed with it. It took ages. I suppose that's what happened. I mean, I suppose it's, it's like it's like you've got you've gone out and got all the ingredients and the edit is like you're in the kitchen, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, because it wasn't like a script where it was like, here, everybody, here's the start to the finish. There was, mm. well, you know, it was struck. Yeah, you've not yeah. got, there's not, there's not a single hero, is there, to the, you know, to use the, the kind of script parlance to, to your movie, is there? There's, there's, a, no. there's, a, there's London, the backdrop, there's relationships, the theme, and then there's nine, of, nine for us to investigate. And it, and it, but it does feel like an ebb and flow. It does, it does, you know, you go, you go with the, you roll with the punches and you, and you, you go with the laughs and, and all that. And it feels like it's got a rhythm to it, even though obviously it's interdependent rather than dependent. I think I think because the actors are such good improvisers as well, and they're such they're all so talented in their own right, so amazing. And also, we've all been through it. So when you say to someone, "Listen, you've had a drinking problem. This person comes back. How would you feel if they've been with you know always background? They let you know this about them. People can relate to it, and then it starts to sort of roll. And also, I think because everyone had their breakups first, by the time they got to their meetups, it's like they'd had their little relationship already. There was mm. quite a nice vibe between all the actors. Well, look. Congratulations on your film breaks. Thank you. Thanks so much. And people can start to see it from what was it Friday the twenty fourth of November, and there's various screenings, and we'll put a link into dates so people can yeah. see what's near them. Is there is there plans for a physical or digital release of it after that? 
Yeah, it goes on demand the same day as, uh, as next Friday, the 24th, yeah. Stay to you, stay to you. So then it'll be available to everyone as well who, who can't yeah. get to one of the screenings. It gets Br- screenings because it's, it's a really fun film live. Well, no, if you're going on live and there's people from the cast and you've got you've got such a such a choice cast to, to, to yeah, take on tour with you, yeah, it'll guarantee to be fun. I remember, uh, well, Steve Oram did his picture house screening of his film R. Yeah, I was there. Did you go to that? No, no, I, I, I did just interview him and I couldn't go and then I was... Everyone told me what a what a riot it was, and then you know. Yeah. It's just... a similar cast actually, because we're all quite old mates. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So hopefully Friday night should be cut, should be good. So come along. Indeed. Well, look, thank you very much for your time coming on the podcast. Thanks so much, Stuart. If you don't already fun. subscribe to Brickflix, <laughs> you have a really just sign up for free yeah. at iTunes, and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Brickflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.